think they're laptops, but they're not. Yeah, yep. they're 85 pounds of joy. Bruising. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> I mean, dude, she, she like knocked my mom clean over. Like, just clipped her knee. Like, look, she got tackled by a football player. Oh, like, flipped man, over. Awesome. Just running. Like, you can't stop her when she starts getting going. But she's torn both her knees, like her ligaments. Oh, that happened to mm. the one, yeah, the ACL. They had to do surgery on one leg, and then they were supposed to kind of do it on the other, but they, they let it slide, and he, I mean, it's to the point where they're like, oh, if you can put him in a pool and do rehab with him. I mean, like, a you know, a person who a has person. surgery. I mean, yeah, I had that done, and we had to, it was tough. I mean, when, I mean, me doing rehab and doing rehab with a dog is way different. They don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Can't but, really, like, talk to them, like, buddy, it's for you. Help exactly. Me, you know. No, they just like, why are you fucking with my leg? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, we're, we're, we're on, right? Alright, so this is episode 36, guys, uh, with Jamina, the singer and guitar player. Thank you guys for coming out. Thank you. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves real quick to the people? Sure. Go right ahead, honey. Okay, uh, I'm Brittany of Jamina, Jamina. It depends on which side of the Miami-Dade border you're on. (laughs) Very true. Um, I'm I'm the singer, yeah. And I'm Paul Valera, the guitar player. Fuck yeah, how long have you guys been doing it? Oof, well, uh, with me, Gus, and Tony, that's kind of like the core of the band. We've been jamming since, I think, 2005, 2006. Like, been together mm-hmm. forever. Uh, the lineup was slightly different where Tony was on drums, Gus was on bass, and we always had altern- alternating guitar players and singers. Gotcha. Uh, Brittany and I got married, and she just joined the band. <laughs> yeah, I got married, and, well, I got married, we got married in, <laughs> uh, in 2015, and, um, Gus and Tony wanted to start a new project, and they basically came to Paul. They were like, hey, man, we need a guitar player and a singer, and you have both. So (laughs) it's been since about August 2016 that we've been a band. Yep. That's about the same for since I've joined Unoya, but that's awesome, man. Uh, For a band that's been doing it for relatively only two years, as far as you, I mean, I know the core has been together for a minute, but you guys sounded really good when I saw you. Thanks. Thank you. So, yeah, no pressure on that. Uh, Do you guys have anything in the works coming out, like recorded material? We are currently right now, uh, we have a bunch of pre-production stuff that was recorded, which was songs that we've just been writing, putting together, adding Brit's vocals. Uh, But we are now recording our actual product to present hopefully early next year. We're almost done. We're going to get it sent out for mixing and mastering, and hopefully we'll be able to blast it out. Yeah, it's kind of fun when you have people who are not only talented on their instruments, but talented with programming as well. So (laughs) Because we're doing it on our own time. And, I mean, we were able to turn out all the drum tracks for our nine songs in a week. Wow. And then even bass is almost done. So we, we got to the point we've had our songs written, um, for like, I mean, we're talking anywhere from two years to about several months uh, over the course of time that we've written them. And we decided to gig for a bit. And then finally, everybody's been asking, like, you know, does, do you have anything online? Do you have a song? Do you have a single something? So we finally are, are laying that down. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, it's hard to do when you have to pay for studio time. Yeah. So having someone in the band who can do that, mix, master, produce, track stuff, I mean, it's all very, very important nowadays. Like, in-house stuff, do-it-yourself stuff, I mean, YouTubers are very popular, podcasts are very popular, everything is that is done, like, by 
the common person, quote unquote, is like really in right now for some reason. It's the way yeah. of the future, man. Just that's how it is. Like everyone is now that Swiss Army knife. Like we know how to do everything. Like oh yeah, I have an idea. Cool, I can do it. Like, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like, or you know someone who oh yeah, I know a guy who actually does video editing. So just right. shoot it over him and he'll help you out. Or yeah, there's I, always someone in the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I mean, our come up, as you would call it, has been a lot of artists helping artists. Yeah. Just like local artists supporting local artists. Our, we did one band photo shoot, and it, it was a friend of ours who's a professional, and he was like, hey, man, you know, like, I need I need more bands. Like, I, I need more than just the weddings and the videography stuff I'm doing. Um, so we were, you know, like artists helping artists, just kind of getting things done. And, you know, you always you always throw your artists a bone. <laughs> but it, there's that common understanding that we're, we're letting each other be exposed. And right. you just name drop all the time. And you, you want to let the community know about this person and their art or their talent because you would want them to do the same for you. Right, yeah. It's like everyone's kind of helping each other out. that's the main reason i did this podcast it was like i noticed that it was something that was just catching on it was like it's people know what podcasts are but like they're still like it's still like early youtube like you can still kind of get in on it you know what i mean whereas like now it's like to get money on youtube is like pulling teeth and you can't curse you can't do this you can't do that before it was like the i don't know it's like people struck gold or some shit like Mm -hmm. you can make any kind of video have a hundred thousand subscribers and literally just quit your job and make youtube videos so I think uh, it, it is. Same. I mean, but the people who were around ten years ago aren't around anymore because it's a whole, it's a whole different beast. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to have like kid friendly content now and shit that is advertiser friendly, quote unquote. But podcasts are still kind of in that realm where you can pick up a sponsor for anything. I mean, for the longest, Joe Rogan uh, was sponsored by uh, what is it? Uh, Flashlight. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like in the early days, like when he was doing it at his house mm-hmm. and like podcasting, this is like 08, 09, 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was sponsored by Fleshlight. You know what I mean? People are now sponsored by like Blue Chew, which is like mailable Viagra. Whoa. You know oh, what I mean? It's a blue pill. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Blue Chew. Yeah. And it's a chewable. <laughs> so, I mean, there's so many. It's innovative. <laughs> uh, me undies. There's like so many companies that are like getting into the advertising game and like getting ahead of the curve. Like, People who watches TV anymore? Do you guys have cable? No. Well, no. <laughs> no. Netflix and Hulu don't count. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. I think if there's anything we stream, like the Food Network. Yeah. yeah that's it. I'm guilty of that. <laughs> but you stream, <laughs> right? Yeah, we stream it. No one pays for shit. Football Sunday, I watch every game. I don't have cable. Yeah. Uh, d- don't come for me. Please. Because <laughs> <laughs> he goes to sports bars and lives yeah, in the community. I, just, I live in Hooters on Sundays. That's what there it is. <laughs> no, but it's crazy. Things are moving into the digital age. So I mm-hmm. started the podcast in hopes that, like, let's say the band doesn't take off because it's so fucking hard to have something take off music-wise now yeah. unless you have a marketing team and investment behind you. You need to have money, basically, mm-hmm. to fund a tour, buy merch, or anything like that. Some Anything helps. Like, it, it gets to the point where... Again, with the artists helping artists, our first set of merchandise was because I ended up doing a girl's makeup and we bartered and she does hand stamp jewelry and she was like, hey, like, do you do you want me to make jewelry for you or would you like merchandise? And of course, I'm like, I, yeah, give me the merch. That's so we dope. started out with yeah. 10 Jamina bracelets and five keychains i think or it was like three keychains and then she just decided to give us more i mean she's she's one of my good friends now and even before that which is how she even asked me and trusted me to do her makeup um i do it on the side as well like you know being in a band you're just like 
the king and queen of sidekicks. Yeah, yeah, you gotta hustle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. Yeah. It's it's funny how a lot of people think it's always about the music, but it's not. You know, there is a business side to it that's probably more critical mm. for you to be successful. Like a, a half-assed band can be successful as long as you got somebody who's a businessman who knows the how management. To yeah, yeah. it's very important, and I feel like the, that's the main issue with having a band is you have to have four or five people who are on the same page. Mm-hmm. And, like, not even just music-wise who have the same taste, but business-wise who have the same ideas where, like, they're willing to put down money for, let's say, hey, guys, we got to play a show four hours away. Let's rent a van. Yeah. If everyone's not willing to put in their share, it's not going to work out. We had that situation recently. We went to Tampa. Everyone threw down for the van. It was a lot more convenient than taking four separate cars or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. It makes for a better experience, too. (laughs) You are stuck you, with everybody's name. You, you, you get to know your, your, your bandmates better. I can camaraderie. Yeah. There's definitely a camaraderie there. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a four-hour drive with your boys, four-hour drives back in the dead of night. You got work mm-hmm. the next day. Everyone, oh, man. like I Start texting people in the morning, like, <laughs> which cup of coffee are you on? Oh, dude, it's bad. Yeah, no, it was. I, we stopped for a cup of coffee, and I was, like, wired. So when I got home at, like, 3.30 in the morning and unloaded my drums, I couldn't go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so I went to work the next morning and drank more coffee. You know what yeah. I mean? Have you guys played out of town? Not yet. Well, I mean. Not, well, okay, so it's, in, it's interesting <laughs> for us because... It's almost always out of town for us. Um, Paul and I, we live in Broward, and then Gus and Tony live in Miami. They Well, Hialeah. Um, so most of the Churchill shows are, are technically out of town for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as it goes beyond Broward and Miami-Dade County, uh, we haven't gone out yet, but we really, really want to. <laughs> <coughs> it's um very... Uh different like there's uh we played in fort myers on saturday and oh nice oh, man they're so supportive out there on Dude, the west coast the cr- that, that's the thing is they're so receptive i don't know if it's because there's nothing to do out there or because there's just a different scene i mean death metal was born in tampa and orlando mm-hmm. yeah. and th- i mean uh when we played in tampa that was it was all death and black metal bands like nothing against grail. it yeah, yeah it's the mecca for yeah metal, but we stood out like a sore thumb you know what <laughs> i mean like I mean, we're progressive metal so we have the heavier stuff but like not as heavy as these guys, which, I mean, oh, I just had a fucking awesome time out there. We, we feel you. Trust oh, me. Yeah. As, as Jamina, there's <laughs> times where lives. we're either the heaviest band or we're like, why, why, why are we here? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like the, no clean vocals. Like people are like, clean vocals? Nah. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you got to, like, I, I used to be like that, like a metalhead, like pure diehard metal fan. But like as I got older, it's like. I'm not always revved up like that in fucking angst. You know yeah. what I mean? It's the evolution of us. Like, yeah. we, we grew up listening to heavier stuff. We get heavier and heavier, and then we reach a point where we're like, I don't want to be yelling anymore. Yeah. Hey, what's jazz? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it, like, it's crazy what you find. What? 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 I don't have to punch anyone anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I got that out. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I stopped pitting a long time ago. Oh, yeah. man. I, Fuck that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not even mosh pitting anymore it's something it's, else where you're like you're just watching people just being violent you know? yeah yeah because pitting was an art there was like a formula to it i don't know mm. how to explain like everyone knew what they had to do without even knowing what they were yeah. doing and then you're all like we all work like nine to five or restaurant gigs or something we all have frustration like i'll do my thing this over place. here <laughs> just you know don't get my eye or my lip or my nose and we're good yeah and, you know you just well let's circle let's get sweaty together but nobody was like trying to die <laughs> it, it seems like yeah there, and there's still sometimes i notice that there are people who are have, there's an etiquette 
yeah a pit etiquette if i if i may and like let's bring it back yeah, yeah. <laughs> not that i don't always there's i mean there have been pits that i had that were super fun but it's mm-hmm. like with people that you know when it's with strangers yeah. it's kind of like some people get carried the fuck away some people drink too much yeah yeah exactly and i think that's the issue now everything's become more of an extreme yeah honestly where... what's funny is i i think that metal gets a bad rap because people would hear the unclean vocals and the growling and the screaming and they think that our breed is extremely violent right. but if you go to a metal show like everybody's the sweetest person you'll ever meet Very whereas if you go to you know let's say like a, a hip-hop show or something everybody's just in competition with each other and you know trying to wear a better outfit trying to get more drunk more yeah. lit to see, you know <laughs> quote you, you, you guys can't see it but i'm doing little little air quotes here because yeah. but it's, it's just it's a different way of life and then you go and you see that it's like, oh, you're just a dude in a t-shirt who loves cats. Awesome. At the end of the day, yeah. you know, some of the, have you guys seen Macronium play ever? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you know their singer Joe, right? Very eccentric character. Yes. That guy. I mean, the first time I saw Macronium, I was like, yo, who is this guy? Like, he must be nuts or some shit. Like, but I wanted a shirt. So, mm. uh, you know, I go out to buy a shirt. And Joe, to this day, one of the nicest fucking people I've ever met at, at at any gig like Sweet. i've had him on the podcast like a bunch of times he's a fucking character he's awesome. awesome to talk to and he's one of the nicest fucking people he looks terrifying on stage he has his makeup he he's bashing shit on his face cutting himself open and he mm-hmm. is one of the nicest fucking people i've met oh, that's funny it's like it's the attraction to the i guess mysterious and macabre yeah yeah that was it's, always a know, funny word to me macabre I, I actually just learned it so i'm <laughs> using it <laughs> why is there an r in there you I, know what i, I mean no macabre I, okay so i figured out it was macabre because i was at monster mini golf in coral springs i haven't fucking been there it's, it's so cool. awesome. It's awesome is it awesome yeah, yeah. it Damn, is i, I really go. like it and they have these celebrities you know painted in neon and black lit paint on the walls and one of them it's bob ross and it says macabre ross (laughs) and so i i'm like okay this must rhyme because why else would it be above his name so yeah turns out it's it's macabre not macabre no i would have thought that's what i thought it was too but (laughs) that's because we're latin (laughs) yeah it's macabre well that's what happened with jamina Jamina? Yeah. Jamina. Yeah, you know what I mean? You can definitely add that E on the I there. but Yeah, I mean, technically, not, we don't have any songs released, so who knows what will happen when publishing time comes. We're probably going to end up becoming Jamina. Who, yeah. it, we'll take a vote. Like, how, how did you guys end up on that name? Uh, Tony, actually, was the one who came up with the name in a, in a really funny way. He had mm-hmm. a... Uh, uh, an animal t-shirt of uh, Animal the Drummer from uh, the Muppets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he saw the reflection of the shirt off a car and jam- it's Jamina backwards, you know, changing the L. Yeah. So he was like, oh, Jamina. Was it Animal from Muppets? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I knew it was Animal, but I forgot, like, why it yeah, said Animal it. on a shirt. <laughs> and uh, it's Jamina, and it's kind of funny because it's kind of a play on word, too, where it's like Jamin. Yeah, when, we were, when I was making like our, you know, our um, Instagram page and we already had the Facebook page and the Facebook, it's like, yeah, okay, fb.com slash jam in a band, jam in a band. Oh. So it was like a play on, uh, but what's really funny is that we started getting a bunch of people liking our Facebook that were all Middle Eastern 
we're like, wow, what's going on here? And yeah, we we're like, Googled we, the word Gemini. We're not on YouTube. We don't we don't have any sort of outreach from South Florida <laughs> yeah. to yeah. the other side of the it's world. It's so weird. So we uh we Googled it and come to find out, I think it's pronounced Jamina, but it's actually an Arabic word for uh, beautiful or elegance. Elegant. Wow. So, like that. <laughs> so it just it worked cool. out. Don't really... misquote us, it's either Arabic or Hindi. So one of yeah, those one sorry. Of the, sorry if we messed that up. But it was just funny, we're like, Oh hey, we have Trying a female singer appropriate. who's pretty hot. <laughs> Great voice, <laughs> metal band, like it's elegant, perfect, mm. it worked. So, shit, it's always funny when you stumble on shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's dope though. I would have never thought, but I bet you guys are tripping out. Like, why are these all these people? Totally. Our, we're just trying to. Like, what's our target demographic here? On? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually, some of them still kind of comment on the pages. <laughs> like, like, we'll like, thumbs up and there. everything. We're like, what? <laughs> Yo, they want to experience the elegant performance yeah, i guess i guess we're like setting up for a world tour one day <laughs> you guys have your niche crowd for sure yeah I guess. we'll sell the fuck out of a place in india bitch yeah and sell actually, it out um, was it relative clause who actually confirmed that with us yes okay so in mm, month i'm trying i think it was, was august or august? july we we opened for a band august from first israel Actually, they were called Relative Claws. They're from awesome. Israel? They're from yeah. Israel. Oh, and it's a three-piece band that's honestly like a modern-day Pink Floyd. It was so good. Mm-hmm. They're on. actually pretty progressive as well. Three super people progressive. sound that's super dope. full. It, it was, it was really cool. At all? No, no, it was just that. Bass, drums, guitar. That's, yeah. it. Yep, that's, that's it. all it was. Oh. And, it was and the so guitarist was the singer? Yeah. Oh, and the drummer also sang. Yeah, they had a song in like... 12 we're sitting there I'm like trying to count I'm like what the, mm-hmm. is that 12 oh my god they're playing at 12 and then he's dropping the 8 and I was like wow yeah. so here they shit. are they're from literally the other side of the world and even they were like oh Jamina and because <laughs> it's you know it, I guess that's how it's supposed to be for now how the, that's crazy <laughs> how you stumble upon that shit mm-hmm. yeah I mean, okay, I, everyone's going to give me shit for alluding to Avenged Sevenfold because it's like an insider <laughs> that I love Avenged Sevenfold and no one does. But um, It's okay, I like Nickelback. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> no, yo, yo, all the right reasons. All the right reasons is a good album. Dude, hey, I don't care. Machine as well, that last one that came out with? I don't, I, oh, listen, that's so the only album I've listened to. I bought it when I was a kid. All the right yeah. reasons, I stand by it. Animals, funny song, I like it. I stand by any of my uh, yeah, early my, 2000s alternative I get shit for it, but I'm a huge Mark Tremonti fan where he came from Creed and I'm like, you know, what Creed oh, God, Creed. I stand by it. Oh, however oh, i love him more now where he's at which is ultra bridge which is a lot heavier band but that's different so okay and so back country it's like <laughs> it's like oh seven and they dropped like almost easy right it was like one of their singles mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. and it was on 93 rock do you guys remember 93 rock oh yeah yeah so they Rest play that peace. shit yeah for real man Aww. the last song fun fact the last rock song they ever played on 93 rock was my friends by the chili peppers the Red really? Hot Chili Peppers. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, I know, isn't it? I'm pretty sure they did that on purpose. Yeah, and then they switched dude. to Christmas music, and then it became smooth listening or whatever the fuck. I didn't even know they were canceling it. I just... That happened to me. I was just... Christmas music. I'm like, oh, okay. What the fuck, right? Oh, really oh it was that's so fun. depressing, dude. You put on your favorite station, you're just like... <laughs> that's but all the I last had. song, it was like at four in the morning. It was My Friends by the Red... My cousin looked oh. it up. <laughs> uh, and then you see the switch to Christmas music, and it's like slowly, one song at a time, it's just disappearing. Dang. Oh, it was so sad. But, um, so they they playing Almost Easy on the radio all the time. It's like my favorite song. I'm like 11. And then at some point, my mom took me to Hot Topic. And there was this bag with the fucking death bat on it. And I don't know what the death <laughs> bat was, but I thought that shit looked badass. So she bought it. And then I'm walking around school and someone's like, hey, man, you like Avengers Sevenfold? And I'm like, 
Yeah, sure, man. Whatever. I mean, I'm wearing it. I can't say no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like Avenged Sevenfold. They're like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it poser. Nothing and, more than a mid 2000s like sentence right there. I went on topic. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bond Avenged Sevenfold bag. Yeah. And it was a satchel bag, like a side fucking oh, those were a so messenger cool. bag. I had to go and get one. It was. It they, was they, were they, they were in. They were. They were. My back hated me for it. Oh, though. for sure. Because I was a nerd. Too. <laughs> Just like your shit was stacked. Yeah, you can't. You have a backpack that's literally a foot away from your hip because it's so thick. Yeah, no, it's bad. Uh, the, the, those were always the the rocker kids too. It's funny. They always had the thickest side satchel backpack with like pins on it and shit. Yes. Oh man. Patches. Uh, something related to Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. <laughs> it's like all the stereotypes. That's everybody. <laughs> Dude, I I don't think I've ever sat through that movie completely. I might have once. I might have once. You but should. like I don't know, man. Not is it a Christmas movie or is it a Halloween movie? It's both. That's why you can watch for both holidays. <laughs> no. It like, must be uh, one. Gremlins is a Christmas movie. Never seen Gremlins. You've mm. do, what, do you guys know how old I am? No. Twenty two. No really? Excuse. Yeah. That's okay. I'm 25. I'm the baby and of the you've band. seen Gremlin? Oh, I'm the baby of everything. It's oh. ridiculous. <laughs> it's I'm okay. the youngest everywhere I am. No, I feel like better knowing you're in the room because we're, we're, we we're the, the same, same, <laughs> the same decade at least. Ish. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you mean ish? We're in three years apart. Yeah, I forgot what decade meant for a second there. But That's yes, 10 years span. Yes, we are from the same 10 years. We are from both from the 90s. But they don't yeah. count me. They're like, if you're after 95, bro, it doesn't count. I'm born 96, man. Mm, well, okay. Oh, that's because you were in, like, kindergarten once 2000 hit. Yeah-ish. I was in, like, uh, kindergarten when 9-11 happened. Oh, dang. Yeah. Y'all remember 9-11? Yeah. yeah. I mean, not remember, like, where you were? Yeah. 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 Where I, were you, Paul? I was actually in world history class, ironically enough. No shit. Yeah. Did walked, they, like, stop class and, like... My teacher did. Right. Like, I actually walked in late. I actually walked in right when the plane hit the second building, actually. And walked into class? Yeah, I walked right in. I saw it, and I asked, like, what movie is this? <laughs> yeah, and I bet your tardy went, yeah, went super unnoticed. Yeah, and my teacher was just like, it's not a movie. Sit down. Sit down. It's not a movie. It's sit not down. a movie? I was like, what? She just sit down. And Yo. she was all about, like, kids, remember, remember this. This is history. Your kids are going to be reading about this in your textbooks and blah, blah, blah. And we're like... It's history. Did it really click for you, though, in that moment? Probably not. Yes and no. Like, it was that you're seeing it, but your brain's not processing it until, honestly, probably the next day is really when it settled in. We're finding out friends, family from New York, hearing about family members who unfortunately were involved, who saw it. Mm -hmm. That's when it really started sinking in. And for me, like, I was, I loved aviation growing up. To see not a single plane in the sky, that's where it really started sinking in. Where uh, I think it was about a month, give or take, that all aircrafts were grounded. There was not a single plane flying after 9 11 for almost about a month. I could be wrong, uh, maybe three weeks or so. So it was like that's where it started sinking in. Like it was eerie. Like the skies were quiet. And then it got even eerier when you started seeing planes flying again, where you're like, oh wow, that's weird. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know it. what you mean. Uh, actually, I heard a story of uh, my history teacher was telling me that on 9-11, there was a, a plane that always flew by. It was like a, I don't know if it was like Southwest or one of those weird airlines, but it was a pink plane. And it always flew by at the same time. And this uh, one of the students didn't notice it. And he's like, man, something's wrong. Like, that's weird. And oh. he brought it up. 
And then that day they they you know they wheeled in the TV and put on the news and shit. Mm-hmm. When and you there it is. TV. Yeah, and he's like, whoa. Like, yeah, it's crazy. I was I in gone nuts third grade, and my parents are from Brooklyn, Where? so it was it was crazy because they wheeled in the TV, you know, the big one, box TV strapped to the cart, and we were watching it, and I think it was during when the first plane was hitting. They were at least showing like the the. I guess recaps of it like the the reruns of what just happened in the news you know they keep playing the same moment over and over and there was over the PA the principal telling teachers how to get us out of the school because you never know what's going to happen I mean if they're targeting planes and buildings they might go for schools so my mom was frantically trying to get me and my brother back from school once we got home uh, my aunt who lived with us my aunt and cousin did she had the TV on, and that's when the second one. At least that I saw it with my own eyes. Again, it could have been recapping of it, but that's when I saw with my own eyes on the TV the second one hit. And my mom and aunt were just frantic because they have siblings that live in New York. My mom used to live... Well, not live. My dad used to live not too far away. My mom used to work actually in World Trade Center um, for a few years, so it was like really creepy it being that close to home even though I never lived there, just being small and seeing the grown-ups not know what to do with themselves. It's weird. It's weird, yeah. Like, they're the ones who are supposed to tell you what to do and how to feel and what to think, and you're just kind of left sitting on a couch for a moment while they're Yeah, if they're panicked. lost, I mean, we're nowhere to be fucking found. I remember, yeah, we were running late, and someone called my mom, told her to put on the news, and she made me stay home from school. I didn't really get it. I was just happy to stay home from school, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Watch Jerry I mean, Springer, you, were like, you know? like You were, like, five, so you you would have had no idea what was happening because yeah. at that point you weren't even taught, like, the alphabet. I mean, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was hitting my mom close, though, because I was born in the Bronx, too. Oh, so really? my mom had a hella family in New York and people she knew in New York, so for her, I'm sure it was nuts. yeah. But for me, it didn't really sink in. Like you said, I mean, till I was reading the textbook, you know, in the eighth grade, like, oh yeah, shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I was there for that. Yeah. I, was, I mean, I was here, but I'm saying like I was alive for that. Yeah. I lived through that. You experienced it. It's fucked. Mm-hmm. That was uh, and and then uh, so much shit went went bad with the country after that. I feel like the Patriot Act went into effect. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, have you guys ever gone deep into that shit? Mm-hmm. A little no. bit. I, I'm I feel like Paul's giving me those eyes. Like oh, I know some shit. Yeah, I found he, a little he knows bit, a lot. I also do remember when like French fries were changed to freedom fries and little what? silly things like that. <laughs> no, like, I don't yeah. remember that you don't at remember all. That? No. Oh yeah. Everybody and everyone became a patriot. Yeah. September twelfth, like everyone all of a sudden was Ready all about America, and it kind of feels a lot because certain details started coming out and started realizing, you know, all the conspiracy theories or theories that were proven, stuff like that, which. Yeah. There's so much of it. I'm so happy Tony's not here because he would have just, just yeah. This podcast would everything. be like three hours long if it <laughs> oh, <fuck yeah. laughs> deep into the muddy waters, right? Uh, it it is. To, it, I mean, when you have a government that was willing to do some shit like the Bay of Pigs back in the '60s, which is like mm-hmm. fake an attack and blame it on the Cubans so that they have a reason to go and invade Cuba. I mean, doesn't seem like you could put something like that past them either. Yeah, but it doesn't seem too far fetched. Right. Yeah, but I mean, fuck, no one knows really. Yeah. Um, We're it's all just speculating. Exactly. Uh, still though, I feel like all those events kind of led 
to the shitty political climate that we have now. Yeah. We have so many issues now. I mean, you can't say half the shit you could have said five, six years mm-hmm. ago without getting crucified for it. Oh, yeah, or even people now are backtracking your social media history and saying, oh, you said something back in yeah. June of 20, uh, 2006. Like, it's 2018. Like, I was how if old people were I said to, that? I don't even think That's I had crazy. anything in 2006. MySpace. MySpace. My, yeah. Like, well, okay, what year? Hmm. I'm trying... Oh, yeah, actually, I did have MySpace in 2006. I had a MySpace. I was, like, in the fourth or fifth grade. I, so. I keep trying to sign See, in just to get old pictures, and I, I forgot my password. Either that or they deleted my... See, I grew up in the, the America Online mm-hmm. age, so I you had, like, allowed. profiles built in all there. All my so friends had it. Talking about AOL? Yeah, America Online. All my AOL, friends maybe. had AOL, and I had to have, like... KOL, like kids. Kids, online. yeah, me too. And it was like, it was like Burgundy, mom, right? Yeah, and my mom was like, "You need to make sure that you don't talk you know, to strangers." Talk to I was taught. I was a, the only reason she let me have it was because one of my friends in third grade moved to Texas, so that was the only person I was allowed to IM on my KOL. So and good. then I got a MySpace because my best friend in middle school made it for me. So that's part of the reason why I can't sign in because it was linked to her email. <laughs> and it was one of those like baby underscore girl oh, yeah. number, yeah. number, 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 number. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I I even asked her. She's like, I don't remember. What yeah. it was. D- see, that oh, I loved it though. Uh, I actually did remember my password. So I logged into my MySpace like maybe like a year ago. Man. Seeing all those yeah, old pictures. Hilarious. What's even better is when you get to see your friends' old pictures and you get to yeah. screenshot them and send it to them. Like, here, you fucking nerd. Look yeah. at that. <laughs> Dude, like, oh, I, I, the thing is, I tried to log in recently, recently to get my mm. friend back because he had like, he was an emo and so uh, <laughs> yeah. a goth or whatever the fuck they call themselves. But he had the spike bracelets and shit. Mm. And he had a picture on MySpace where he was like in the fetal position and like he edited it black and white, put like a quote <laughs> about like emptiness or whatever yeah. and shit. Like, I wanted sucks. to get him so bad. Yeah, it was something super <laughs> stupid like. If I don't know the path, then who does? Or some shit like that. I don't know. And he's in the fetal position with his bracelet on, and fucking it's black and white. It's perfect. I wanted to send it to him, but I'm totally guilty. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought that was more like a chick thing to do. To be honest, that's why I thought it was hilarious. But I think they, (laughs) I think they purged it. That's the thing, because I know I know my Mm. fucking password, and I couldn't log in for some reason. My thing is, I've I'll try to. Of course, I had a bunch of symbols. And stuff and numbers in my actual username, so oh, it's yeah. not like I know how to look myself up. I'm like, was it R A exclamation point N? It was Rainbow Fish. This not is even gonna lie. <laughs> like, was, Before oh, you had to use your real name. Yes, exactly. And you know, I had the little squiggle thing oh, and like a colon. So literally, it's just lost in information because I have no idea how to look it up. But I, I came so close, and my profile picture is still there. But I don't know how to get in it. It's private or something, right? I, yeah, Did I it, guess. I don't know. Didn't Justin Timberlake buy MySpace? I don't know. But it is I more music. Someone bought it. Now. Yeah, it that's what JT I hear. But I'm still not buying oh it, right? No one's know. going back on MySpace. No. If you saw if someone I, to follow you on MySpace, you should just... If I my own account, like my, the old one, I'm not making a new one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, but I mean, you can make one for your band. That's actually how a lot of bands got on that's back in the day, man. Dude, there was... One of the... Um, bands I got on with MySpace I think was Arctic Monkeys mm-hmm. you guys listen to them I, I love that I had, band I had friends that were in love with them dude they're <laughs> awesome I mean the the I, I don't know man they, they're they're just fucking brilliant to me mm-hmm. I don't know I really I'm really fucking deep into indie 
Like, when I'm not listening to metal and banging shit out and shit, I'm listening yeah. to some pussy-ass shit. You know what well, I mean? Like, I, I can relate to you. You know? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not that much older than you. My parents were from Brooklyn. So, okay, not only were they from Brooklyn, they're Puerto Rican. So, okay. metal, rock, Devil's music? Nothing. Not even devil's music, but it was more like... You're you're like a, a loser for oh, listening to it, you know. Like yeah. they 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 break dance and all that stuff. They're very urban. Yeah. And here I am. Once I'm finding myself in middle school, leaning towards bands like Three Days Grace and Lincoln Park and Evanescence and all that. The classic new metal. Yeah, and like blasting it in my room because I'm mad at them. Oh yeah. And <laughs> we all remember the, these angsty teen days. <laughs> the angsty early two thousands. Dude. So wow. I I do end up listening to things like alternative or indie music and stuff because I was just so eclectic before finding metal. I, honestly, I don't think it was until I started dating Paul that he actually started showing me heavier stuff. Like, I was listening to Within Temptations and things like that on my own, like, really strong female-led bands, but I, I didn't get into metal as heavy until I started dating him. Or at least I didn't realize what I was listening to was a form of metal. And right. then I was like, oh, this was my becoming. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> everyone starts somewhere. Like, the first rock CD I bought, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, everyone just called it rock. Oh, you're a rocker. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the first rock CD I bought was uh, uh, From Under the Cork Tree by Fall Out Boy. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, uh, I had nine? A Fall Out Boy CD. What? Dude, that was like the first band that like really got me in. And from there, it just went heavier, heavier. I went to like uh, Stained. Stained was fire at the Break time. Break the circles, incredible. Then it was a uh, MCR, My Chemical Romance. Yeah. I mean, three. Cheers I never for bought any of their CDs. Album. Granted, I didn't have a big allowance, so yeah, me <laughs> It was more like I would like listen to my friends' CDs and just hoard them until they wanted them back. Till LimeWire came out, boo. Y'all remember LimeWire? What? Getting viruses on your shit for this yeah. fucking album right here? A song I... being interrupted by a random like shout out. Oh man. <laughs> Dude, that was more for me prevalent in rap songs. Like, you knew someone yeah. had some shit off LimeWire when it started, like, DX Beats or whatever the fuck. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's Charles. <laughs> like, it's, it's some random dude. John's Beats. Like, yo, John, DJ chill Khaled out. Dude, dude, made I, it up. <laughs> I was lucky enough to catch the beginnings of all of it. I had a Napster account. Oh, Napster? No, I that's before my time, dude. Yeah, man, exactly. I had a Napster account. I'm the baby then, of the band, like yeah, I told you. Frostwire, LimeWire. There was also a thing called Morpheus. Morpheus. Wow. Yeah, I, I know Morpheus. I know from the Matrix. What's this one Same. about? Same thing. <laughs> it's actually uh, he showed us the way of free downloading because Napster was shut down, so they oh. just popped up randomly. And so he was the chosen one. I think so. Man. Wait, you had a friend named Morpheus no. who no, showed you? No. Or, <laughs> I was like, this is sick. When was he born? To the I, I have no idea who showed me that program. But man, who showed I, you the way? Who showed me the it way? It was a simulation. Probably. <laughs> it was a dream. It was I must a glitch in the Matrix. A, must have had the wrong pill, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> the little the right uh, chewable blue pill. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go. Blue ju- sponsored by Blue Chew, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. But Not really. I gotta give a lot of credit to a lot of those uh, programs because I found a lot of metal bands through them, like Good really? Napster or LimeWire and all that. They always, you know, you type in one band and another yeah. random band is in the song, but it was better. I was like, who yeah. is this? And it I got, found a I bunch got to of the point when I was hoarding my friend's music. Um, my friend, my best friend in high school, named Greg. He ended up showing me Tool, 
at a oh, perfect fuck, circle. Yes. And it got to the point I ended up housing all three of his tool CDs that he wouldn't give me a perfect circle until I gave them back. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like giving them to me one at a time from that point on because he, he knew that. CDs I was, matter. I was like about to strip the CD from how much I listened to it. Dude, uh, have you? so have you heard of, uh, I think it's Push, Pussifer? Pushifer? Yeah. Pussifer. Pussifer? Pussifer? I think it was Pussifer. Yeah, yeah. Dude. I'll throw a that band's there. dope. There might be. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's another mm-hmm. Maynard band. It's, yeah. It's on my iPod. I haven't. So good. I don't I, think I've listened so to them. So random. Yeah. You know about them. Like, I just stumbled across them. I was like, this sounds like Maynard. Like, and then mm-hmm. my band, uh, not my band, my singer, Alex, he's like super into, he knows a lot of shit about them. And uh, he's like, yeah, that's another Maynard band. I've known wow. about them forever. I was like, what? Yeah, you're like, how did how did you not show me this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I mean, I feel that way. Um, you guys ever heard of? Wait, so are you into Arctic Monkeys at all? Yeah. No, I am not. Um, Hater. I'm not. No, I'm not <laughs> saying I'm a. I'm more like if I haven't gotten into something, it's because it hasn't been shown to me yet. Yeah. Because the same way as I got into music is through people showing me. I wasn't really allowed. I mean, I had KOL. So I wasn't allowed on the one computer in the house. Right. So, like, everybody else was off being totally cool and seen, and I had to be looked at like a poster. Oh, dude, that was such just a... Just because I had limited availability. <laughs> it was a monumental day when my mom gave me my own computer. Like, my own. Like It was like a shitty Dell, but it was That's like awesome. mine. And it was connected to the internet, and I got all the cheat codes I ever wanted. And fucking, I had like Trish Stratus as my background or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are into WWE at all, you yes. know, dude, <laughs> fuck Lita, bro. Shout out to Trish. That's that's the real woman's champ right there. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I was super into wrestling back then. I was a WCW kid. Really? W- <laughs> shit. My, I, my grandpa got like, me into it, man. I really? love WCW, watching it with him. He used to be so into it. WCW to me is like... That's like you unlock those characters after you beat the game. So <laughs> shit, like, those are not my main that. wrestlers, dude. Yeah, I gotta play the whole game to play with WCW. Fucking uh, the snake guy. Uh, fuck, what's his name? Oh, um, ah, uh, shit. Uh, fuck, man, he had a snake in a bag, bro. The snake guy. In a bag? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm picturing his face too. And uh, I can't think of it. Uh, the classic. I'm just gonna start naming don't off the classics. Don't look at me. I don't uh, know. Roddy Roddy <laughs> Piper was there. You know what I'm saying? Rest Sergeant peace. Slaughter. You know what I'm saying? Well, you have uh, Ric Flair, oh, yeah. Horseman, Ric Flair, Drip. Yo, that guy's still Woo! going hard. Yo. Yo. He still's really tan, too. <laughs> I, he, he, I guess he's on that Donald Trump <laughs> fucking tan. Oh, fucking man, the spray. blonde. Who else was there? You had Sting. That was always a Sting classic. was. He was back in WCW days? Yeah, man. He Shit. started with uh, WCW. He was called the... Uh, the, the icon actually because he was like the only wrestler to stay with one franchise his entire career he didn't go to wwf and then went back or wwe and then go back to wcw like he just started at wcw and stayed there until like the very last match fuck which was rick flair versus thing i mean he's in tna and shit now right he's done some stints with wwe he finally retired yeah he went to tnn then he actually did wwe for a little bit and he retired there got in the hall of fame Called it a day. Might as well at that point. So were you like super hyper oh. into that shit? Oh, or are you still are? Nerd. Uh, I occasionally enjoy it. Oh, but I'm so lost because there's these new guys where I'm like, who are I these I was people? even lost back then. I it's watched like, like... John Cena. Like, <laughs> I actually <laughs> No, get the, the fuck out of here. <laughs> I could totally see you. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard he did that to a blind kid once. Oh. No, I'm just fucking with you. Guys. Oh my god! <laughs> be like, that's so bad. That's terrible. 
Man. Um, and one of the things is like, if he just did the motion, it wouldn't be bad. <laughs> I would die if he did that. You can't see me. It's like, I can't, John. Yeah. I can't. No, I really can't. It was my one wish to hear you. And uh, oh, now no. I kind of wished I used it on someone else. Dude, where were you when Dark Eddie Guerrero turn. died, bro? That was rest in peace. La uh, Raza right there. You know what I'm saying? My Mexican producer knows what's up. <laughs> gave his thumbs up. Oh, man. The I, approval thumbs up. I unfortunately cannot remember nah, I'm just fucking where you. I was, but man, I... It's not on the same level as 9-11. I was just being a dick. <laughs> You're a dick, <laughs> but, man. But that actually impacted me because I watched Eddie Guerrero. Like, he was lit. He was incredible, dude. But... I remember I was leaving school, bro. My friend told me. I was like, nah. Like, I didn't believe him. I was like, no. A lot of the classic guys I've watched growing up are Dead now. like uh, yeah. Chris Benoit. Benoit. I was about to say Benoit. Like, went nuts. Dude, he killed his well, family. Like, What's well, crazy? Oh you gosh. never heard that story? No, no I live gosh. under a rock. Okay, so this is the thing. In case Benoit, you guys haven't learned by now. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's kind of a guyish thing. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, like a boyish type I'm a, thing. I'm like, a I'm, I can hang. I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> but... um. Dude, this guy Chris, like his uh his signature move, like his finish other than the cripple cross face, was a diving head bomb. So this dude Ooh. jumps off the turnbuckle and like slams into somebody head first. And he would do this yeah. multiple times a night or multiple times a week. You know what I'm saying? Their schedule was Probably ruthless. Why he went crazy. For years. Yeah. And he was also on the juice. You know what I'm saying? The steroids. Big dude. Yeah, yeah. He was but bulked up. He was he was a stocky motherfucker. Probably like five seven, five eight built, right? And slamming his head into shit for a living. So I mean, he, he had a son who had who was autistic or something. He had men, he had an issue, and so there was um I mean Vince Vince McMahon, the CEO guy, mm. he's fucking ruthless. He would write stories that involved your real life issues. So th- th- this oh. guy would cut promos and like bring his kid in the ring, and he was champion. He was celebrating with his kid and my family. This, that, and the third, and then you hear that this dude uh he like murdered his family. Like wow. choked out his wife and kids or some shit, and then hung himself or something. Yeah, it was fucked, man. And then uh, who else passed? Uh, Randy Savage, man. Heart exploded on. Uh, I think it was Alligator Alley. I didn't oh, even know that shit. Yeah, Randy Savage passed over. No, it wasn't. It was on a highway or something on the West Coast over in Sarasota or something. His heart exploded and well, it, crashed we, his Jeep into a tree or something like that. What wow. the fuck? Yeah. I mean, that's not as wild as murdering your family yeah. and then killing yourself. Yeah. Right? That, that's a levels. Whole There's level. levels. Yeah. There's a whole other level. <laughs> that's definitely wild. But I had a feeling that, like, uh, I don't know, with with Chris, it was like probably a combination of brain trauma. What, what is that mm-hmm. d- disease they're they're citing football players with now? Oh, I forget what that is. Oh. There's like multiple name? concussions. CED or some shit like yeah. that. Oh, I think it is called. But uh, yeah, when people get brain trauma, th- this is the thing: is there's no way to diagnose it uh, unless it's post mortem. So oh, the, it's not like you can like open their head, right? So um, they're they're uh, like assessing a lot of dead football players' brains, but most of the time, you know, they die of old age or something. Like the brain isn't really where it was. Mm-hmm. There's actually a very famous case of this football player who went fucking nuts, and he knew that he was going nuts, and so. Uh, but there was no proof. Well, he he knew. I mean, the, the research was getting there, so he killed himself, but. He shot himself in the chest so that his brain would be preserved, like Whoa. for for research. He knew he had it. He knew he was fucked. He had years of football and stuff, and he he was just going crazy, and he didn't want to fuck with he his family or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he but he shot himself in the chest, like went through that pain, like to to help people down the line. It's crazy, man. People Whoa. make sacrifices in the weirdest ways. Yeah, I forgot the football player. I wish I could remember his name, but that's a story I heard recently. Wow. 
You have to do that. I don't know if I would have the boss. I mean, I wouldn't have the boss to kill myself. No. I don't want to kill myself, but to like realize that like there is a greater cost to this. Like, if you mm. shoot yourself in the head, you could be losing a golden opportunity to save other athletes down the road. Like, who thinks like that? You know? Yeah, that's people who. I mean, if you think about it, you have a few mentalities when you you dive that that deep into someone's darkness. And it's either they hate themselves and they hate the world and everything in it, or they hate themselves and they think that the people in their lives are so great that they shouldn't have to continue existing with them. They think they're a burden, almost. And if you have someone like him who who he hated living, he possibly thought he could have eventually turned on his family or he, you know, he could have been a Very burden true. to them. Um he he took that sacrifice and if it was a matter of him saving himself from the torture then he probably would want to go beyond just saving himself and save others that's just like psychoanalyzing it but you just you just never know with this like anytime you hear someone's kill themselves it's like you know it's crazy you think about like what you have kids you know you have a you have a wonderful family that loves you you have all the success i mean look at uh, chester yeah yeah from lincoln park especially you know growing up with with lincoln park from what like childhood really yeah childhood. when i was a kid i I sang numb at like my fifth grade talent show wow yeah like that was like my probably my first crowd so to Mm -hmm. speak you know what i'm saying but yeah, Meteora, um, Hybrid Theory, yeah, Hybrid Theory, great albums. You know what I mean? I mean, I stuck with them, even like Minutes to Midnight and stuff. I liked it. I I fully there support. Were certain, there were certain songs if artists want to change their sound, like you owe nothing to your fans. Like you, I mean, mm, it's lim- limited, but it's. I get it's, what you're saying. It's like artistically, artistic, you shouldn't exactly. have to change. No, your, you do. You do owe it to your fans. Like you, right. you wouldn't be who you are and where you are without them. Right. But artistically. You don't have to stay in a bubble because that's the whole purpose of expressing yourself. Right. That's the whole purpose of creating art is you're creating it to create it. And if people like it, that's when they become fans. Right. They don't start off loving you and then you give them something to love you further with. Right. So even as they were starting to change their sound, I was all for it because I'm like, you know what? They're getting kind of like how we were saying before. You get older. You don't want to punch someone as much as you did before. Right. Like you, you start changing your sound because you're getting older. You're you're becoming more aware of of other styles. Um, so I was I was fully supporting them. Granted, not like towards the very end of their sound, but it's one of those things that for people to just give so much hate even starting in minutes to midnight like that that kind of adds up you know yeah i mean who knows how he felt i mean these are people who once told you were the greatest thing ever now you release a piece of music and they're like oh you're trash now you're washed up you're this yeah and the third and i thought it was very hypocritical of people to give lincoln park so much shit for releasing an album they didn't like and then once he's gone it's like oh he meant so much it's like well mm-hmm. maybe you shouldn't have given him so much shit when he didn't do what you wanted exactly you know, fortunately an artist is worth more when they're gone that's right? fucked yeah. up but it's true I mean, it same thing I, like I grew up loving Michael Jackson and mm-hmm. if you would have said that back in the early 2000s you're like you're a fucking fat like it was, it was you're like, a pedophile yeah, yeah like yeah. what you like kids too then it's like uh no I love the music and then all of a sudden they pass like man he was the greatest I'm oh like, yeah oh shut up yeah they yeah. oh you could not escape it but <laughs> as a kid I grew up loving Michael Jackson when oh, that yeah. news came out 
it kind of soured him for me. And, like, I remember my mm-hmm. aunt was obsessed with Michael Jackson. So, like, she was like, oh, do you want to listen to Michael Jackson one day? And I was like, no, I don't. She's like, why? And I was like, ah, this rape stuff. And, like, I was like a nine-year-old saying this shit. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it got out. Mm-hmm. And it really soured Michael Jackson's music for me for a long time, pretty much until he died. Like, once he died, I was like, fuck, man, he did have some classics. He did. Yeah. And, I mean, MTV was, everyone was playing a marathon of his shit. Well, once there isn't the person that you don't know what kind of actions they're going to put out, and the only thing you have to focus on is the life they lived and the music they let out, like, I feel like that's how you start to get more into their music, because you're, like, just looking at it as music. Do you think there's a, it's possible to separate a person from their art? Like, can you like someone's art, even though, let's say, they did something awful, like Bill Cosby, someone who, like, can you think his comedy is good and understand that he's a rapist? I, I, I feel like... Can you still enjoy it? If you were to go into thinking of whether you can continue to support them, like, present day... Um, that's something different, but if it means that what they have done has to tarnish all that you've enjoyed in the past, I feel like it'd be hypocritical to all of a sudden say that you don't like that stuff. Like you can, uh, I like how you put it when you said that it soured it for you. Like they were good memories that now turned bad, but if you're looking at it just as the art, then it's probably still as good as when you were first exposed to it. Yeah, I mean, just the Michael Jackson stuff specifically, because when I heard about it, I happened to be a young boy at the time. So it's like, this dude's raping young boys. I'm like, "Eh, I'm one of them. (laughs) Like, I'm one of the people that... I'm in the demographic, at least. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it was like kind of weird. And then you have someone like uh, like O.J. Simpson. Like, yo, Mm -hmm. he was juice. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was a great running back, supposedly. I wasn't around. He was great in uh, Naked Gun movies. Was he? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. He had a little camp. He actually was like a main character in Naked Gun. That's how I knew him as. I didn't know him as the football player. I knew him as, uh, what was his name? Frank. Partner. <laughs> in the Naked in, Gun. In the Naked Guns trilogy. I mean, yeah. I know he did some acting gigs. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly he was a star even beyond the, the football field. And so, I mean, I see, I have a friend. I don't know if he does it just to be offensive or what, but he has an OJ jersey. He still wears it. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm like, I, <laughs> like, like, no problem. Like, hell yeah, man, this shit clean. You know, it says his name on it and everything. Like, Simpson on the back has a patch on the bottom that says authentic OJ Simpson, fucking number, the, the years the he was active. <laughs> if the glove does not fit, yeah. you must quit. But it's uh, like, I, I don't think too heavily into things i'm i'm not um as sucked into current events as a lot of people are nowadays because it's just overexposed and over radicalized nowadays but i can think back to like chris brown (laughs) like you know once you found out he was a woman beater then that chicks are still all over he could beat the fuck out of me is what i saw (laughs) i saw a lot of that i saw a lot of he could hit me what like I mean, I, I'll literally look at people jokingly and be like, don't make me Chris Brown you. Like, yeah, like it's a th- you know, everyone it's knows a him. Thing. And I, I, it did in a way, you know, kind of sour, like looking into his music from that point on. But, you know, is, is your man on the floor? If, if, if he's not, you know, let me know. Like, you got some people <laughs> outside here. Some yeah, fucking bass cranking out. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Um, so it's like you think back, you're like, it's not going to change the music that he already made before he did those actions. Because he was probably a different person back then. 
Yeah. Oh, that was my <laughs> um, it, it's weird because for me, yeah, I took a real hard stance on the Chris Brown shit. I was like, he's clearly a piece of shit, right? But, oh yeah. And there's so many people I know that are that are girls that that's still their favorite artists, and I have a hard time understanding that. But at the same time, I mean, I've heard shit about John Lennon. Mm. I've heard shit about uh, uh, you know, Axl Rose, yeah. uh, Dave Mustaine being a dick. I mean, there's so many people that I, I listen to that, like, you hear about their personal lives and it's just, like, not yeah. ideal. But, or Jim Morrison, too. That motherfucker was crazy. Mm-hmm. He was great, though. Yeah. I feel it's, like, respect the art, but that doesn't mean you have to respect the person anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just weird when you're a fan of someone to, like, stop being their fan but still enjoy their music. It's like, where do you draw the line? Because there's people, yeah. that, like you said, they'll fish out a tweet from 2009 and be like, oh, you're a piece of shit now. We should boycott you. You know what yeah. I mean? I that's where I kind of draw my line where I'm like, no, nah, dude, like, it happens. I've said some stupid shit in my time, like, I have to look at. It, I was like, I was probably 18 and angry. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. know better. Here, I said a, I said a comment, and now it's gonna bite me in the ass. 10, 15 years later, like, Ooh. it's crazy. Or someone could just make up a story about yeah. you. Yeah. Or like, what happened with James Gunn? Like, he said something years back, and someone actually went fishing for it, and then got him fired from Marvel and Disney. And it's like, what? Yeah. For he, what? He was great. And mm-hmm. everyone's like supporting him, and Disney's like, no, he screwed up. And it's like, oh, what about everybody else you have on your roster? Like, yeah. everybody's got something. You're not gonna fire everyone else, and. It, there's got to be a line to it, and I feel like that's what you're saying. Like everything is so overexposed now that it's you got to be friendly and not offensive. Yeah, that, to a non-demographic mm-hmm. category, to a politically correct world, it's just mm-hmm. so difficult. Back then, you used to be able to look at people and go, "You're an asshole." Yeah, yeah, or or at least shit wouldn't stick with you. Like you could say something yeah. to somebody five years ago, and that shit was forgotten long ago. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's some vile shit on MySpace. No one's ever gonna find it, but. Yeah, yeah. Twitter. That, that's actually, I think, how we started even talking about MySpace and stuff. We were talking about that old stuff's being pulled off of people's yeah. social media and stuff. Because it's like, what I would have posted in 2006 would have probably been in all caps lock with symbols and numbers mixed in. Probably about something super emo yeah. and me hating my parents because they didn't let me like go to the movies with my friends. Like right. then, you know, ten years from now, are they going to be like, "Look, she's a she's a mother beater." Like, right. You got <laughs> if you take something out of context and put it in in text, it can sound really bad. Like, um, like you can make a cruel joke, and if you write it down, it looks terrible. But if mm-hmm. you put it in context, you understand that there's a joke being made. Yeah. That was the issue with the James Penn thing. I, I believe he was making a, a very crude joke James or something. Penn. What yep. was it? Gun. Yeah. James uh, no. Gun. Sorry yeah. about that. He. Yeah, it was a joke that. You take it out of context and put it plain on paper. Yeah, it looks. When you put it in a political spot, yeah, it's right. terrible. But you like, have to understand like, oh. that there's there's uh, nuance to shit. Whereas, like when someone's joking, they're not meant to be taken seriously. It's like people are giving comedians shit now. Yeah. For certain yeah. jokes they make. It was actually funny. There was an episode of a uh, Family Guy where they kind of like touched that. Where uh, I, I haven't watched Family Guy in so long, but I happened to caught this skit where it was. Uh, Chris was in high school, and Brian, I guess, was a comedian. Yeah. And he said a joke, and one of the kids, students there was offended, and they were trying to take it out on Chris, saying, like, this is a post-joking world, bro. Like, jokes aren't accepted anymore. And it's like, <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. Mm-hmm. You can't say a joke anymore. Like You can't. You have to be in someone's room 
with like your phones turned off. Like, yeah, like <laughs> you know, lift your shirt and do a spin. You're not wearing a wire, are you? Yeah, like, exactly. Not even. Like, I think you have to be by yourself to say the joke because somebody else hears it. They're gonna run off and tell the world, and you're like, mm-hmm. <sighs> it, it, it's honestly. I think um, one of the reasons I'm really grateful to be able to play music and meet other bands is finding people outside of your band that you have a camaraderie with. I mean, I have a a whole group of people that are from different bands that I hang out with or talk to on the regular, and they're on the same page. Like, we can all understand this is like a space, a a quote-unquote a safe space, space. (laughs) (laughs) which I find the most (laughs) silliest idea. But now you need a safe space to be raunchy and Mm -hmm. rude and joke around with your friends now because if not, people will send an email to your place of employment and try and get you fired, like, they didn't in the case at Marvel or Disney. And it's like, you guys hired him, and that tweet still, it existed at yeah. the time that you hired him. But now it's brought to your attention, and now it's an issue. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you guys really did your homework, or if you really had an issue with that shit, then why did not come up three years ago when you hired him for the first movie? Yep. I think yeah. it was the first uh, Guardians. Guardians. Guardians right? of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. It's so fucking ridiculous and asinine now. Yeah. Uh, or th- there's that, uh, it's like, if you did it now, mm-hmm. that's a different story. Yeah. Like, you know, he's he's representing the company right. now. He has a, a level of, of public eye on him. Right. But people are, like, fishing for things that are over a decade old. Or I, I, I even think the Brett Kavanaugh shit was, like, I'm how can you... I mean, if you look into the details of the story, it was someone who made an accusation about something that happened 30 years ago. Uh, her friends, who were supposed to be, like, uh, corroborating her story, said they don't remember the party. They don't remember being there. Uh, she can't tell you where it was, how she got there, what day it was. She can give you, like, a time of the year and, like, the fact that she was wasted. Like, it, it, But that, like, literally almost ruined his chance to get elected into the Supreme Court. Like, this is not kid shit anymore. You know what I mean? You're people losing jobs, uh, opportunities, and some are just being fired on the spot. You know, on back the spot. then it was... I appreciate that there was a trial, though. Yeah. I'm, like, I... I didn't look too far into it, and being a woman, I'm not going to say you have to fully and blindly trust someone's testimony. Um, granted, you should. I fully give credit. Hey, I'm not going to discount if she says it happened. It could have happened, and it's just that there just wasn't enough evidence for it to hold up in a court of law. The truth and what can be justified are two very different things. So I fully stand by that. But at the same time, you do have people who are just being fired and just being, you know, like just their careers are being destroyed without there being a trial. So I appreciate that when she came to light, when she felt the the public responsibility seeing that he was going to be in such a highly appointed position she was like oh crap like this happened to me though and if he's being trusted with such a high lifetime appointment then i need to at least let it be known that this was a part of his character so I, i i appreciate that she she tried to take her civic duty and even those after years and years um come out with what had happened to her um granted this is me being totally unbiased and not saying i i'm supporting one way or the other but i i appreciate that there was the the due diligence of people trying to find the evidence and trying to corroborate stories Mm. and the fact that she didn't want it to be public she came forward she she tried to let someone know 
but she didn't want it to become the media circus that it did become. Right. Um, so when you have people who are willing to to risk it all and, and talk about what could have happened to them, um, I totally respect it, but I do feel like it should be something that is looked at and you are taking the person who's accused and making sure that there is the full process to see if they're guilty or not. Because if not, then it's like, here you are, you know, you have people who are being fired and it's like, you don't even know if it's true. Like, you didn't even look into the story. Like, if it was true, why is there not a police report? Why why are they not actually putting it on trial? Like, a lot of this stuff, you know, it's like sexual assault and harassment and stuff. It's like, that's illegal last time I checked. You know, why aren't people doing that? And then it's like, oh, crap. You got arrested. Like, you're guilty. Well, now you're fired, you know? Rather than people just trying to disconnect people from their brand and just letting them go to save themselves face. Yeah, it, it's very tough nowadays. Uh, it's hard to find the balance between, like... Uh, like, because, I mean, there was a whole lacrosse team deal where this, this chick accused a whole lacrosse mm-hmm. team and it ended up being completely false. Yeah. Not every case is going to be that, but also not every case is going to be Bill Cosby where it's like, okay, these accusations were accurate. There was a clear record, though, of people accusing Bill Cosby and kind of mm-hmm. getting paid off or this out of the third. Where it's like, like paper trail and all that. Yeah. Like. Right. Like, it's just, it's funny what'll bring some shit to the forefront, though, because the whole reason the Cosby stuff got stirred up is because Hannibal Burris decided to make a joke about it. Someone happened to be recording that. Now, like, it was an off joke. Like, he improved and shit. <laughs> and it just happened to take off to, like, huh, did Bill Cosby really, like, get accused of rape and stuff or, like, get away with it? And then, like, wow. people look into it and then look into it and then it's like, huh, this is kind of fucked up. And then... It's that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Well, so you're like, oh... Follow you just dig down. and dig and dig and dig. And it's like, whoa, this is accurate. Even though it was a joke. I mean, it was like, whoa. What? Like, a revelation was struck. Well, yeah. they always say, like, there's a truth behind every joke. Yeah. Or even a lie. You know, or? there's a little bit of a... In a good lie, there's a little bit of truth in it. Because you want people to believe it just enough. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's mostly just deception rather than just a blatant lie. Yeah, that's... that. There's a very... It's a gray area. Nothing's ever in black and white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, getting back to the music aspect of it, yeah. I mean... Yeah. Um, what are some of your challenges of... I mean, because... Everyone wants to be in a fucking band. Everyone wants to be a musician. Honestly, even mm-hmm. when you see uh, actors, once w- once they have their shit together in acting, what's the first thing they do? They go make a song. You have Paris Hilton. Yeah. Fucking all these people just <laughs> they want to make a song. <laughs> Everyone. Uh, Chris, Chris Jericho, dude. Yeah, all Chris, yeah, dude. Oh, dude. Uh, all of them. They all want to yeah. make music. You know what I mean? So, what are some of the challenges that people might not know about about, about being in a band? To you. Hmm. Playing an instrument is hard. Well, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I mean, yeah. that's if you want to do anything music-wise. Um, there is a lot of challenges. It's always hard to pinpoint, like, the major one. But I think, first and foremost, it's finding that formula with other people. Yeah. Uh, to find that, I guess, that middle ground where if you have multiple influences, somebody else may have completely different influences, but yet you guys blend and gel well. Uh, and I guess that's kind of the main thing. The band is the hardest thing to do. Is Yeah. Is Actually finding people you can write with and do life with because it's so hard. I've heard stories of people who are um, they're 
making music with people, but they might not be friends with them outside. And I feel like that does play a role in the kind of chemistry you have while you're writing. And if you are going to be driving four hours to a show with someone, or you're going to be late at night in someone's house trying to figure out a formula, then, you know, there has to be a level of camaraderie and an understanding that you put into it. Um, I feel a lot of it is also just commitment. Yeah. Like yeah. that's that's the hardest thing is to find people who have the same level of commitment as you, especially once you get to be our ages. Like we're all working musicians. We're not well, I, I take that back. We're not working musicians as in we're paid professionally. We're right. working <laughs> day jobs, night jobs, side jobs Quote unquote, and weekend being in a band. Warrior. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, we you know, we do this sure. because we have a passion for it, and because it's been our dream since we were little, yeah. and we finally have our own means to put into it and dedicate to it and do it. And kind of like what you were saying earlier about like uh, everyone being willing to put down, you know, money. So that commitment level, like, yeah. are you willing to rent a van, or do you want to go to Tampa? Do you right. want to drive four time hours? too? Yeah, you have yeah. to find someone who's willing so. to practice two times a week one time a week mm-hmm. play and play a show the same week yeah. you know uh and a lot of the time what people don't invest is time it doesn't even come down to money you can have someone who invests all the money in the world but they don't spend the time learning the material or just practicing getting their chops down understanding like stage presence totally yeah that's something that we had to work on so much like right now we have lights we have smoke and all that shit that's to cover up Good the fact job. that we're terrible <laughs> no. at being on stage. It's like, no, but that, that requires a whole nother member of the band. Like, but we have yeah, six people now. Program it. Yeah. That's the thing is, if but we're going to program, we have to play to a click, and we, yeah. that means we would need in uh, ear monitors. It gets expensive. It gets dumb expensive. So we actually have someone who does it manually. Like, he does, it's but like he's playing awesome, synth. That's like no, the, that's uh, so the fifth member of the Beatles right there. It's yeah. Just, yeah. He is a member. You or just, like the he is in the band. Which is awesome. Yeah. That he is a part of the band. I mean, that's awesome. You can't treat somebody who does something like that as less than because they're taking the time. Yeah. It's its own art. It is its own art, first Mm -hmm. of all. Um, Actually, my, uh, or her brother, I was going to say my brother in law, same thing. Uh, He actually does lights as well, and it's it's an art. Like, he'll do stuff, and I'm like, why'd you do that? And if you think about it, they have to have rhythm. You can't track anything or like program lights and be off the beat. No, you can't. Like, that would just suck. You heard of Meshuggah, right? Meshuggah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Have you ever seen them live? No, I've not. Dude, it's intense. Word? They are so good. But what's even funnier to watch, um, a buddy of mine actually got lucky to stand behind the sound booth and the lighting guy. And he told me that the lighting guy was the most entertaining thing of the entire show because this dude was headbanging while doing the tap tempo while working to the, the music lights. and switching the lights and keeping rhythm with the guy while they're, while he was headbanging and keeping up with Meshuggah. And if you're listening to them, that's that's like super yeah. progressive timing and stuff mm-hmm. so it's an art it's a, another way yeah. of talking like you're you're adding more to the music visually 100 yeah. percent. i mean there was uh even like he would sit down and compose light shows for the songs mm-hmm. That's and then great. during like practice like or after we did a song he'd like explain what certain things like we have a song called war paint and he's like oh these lights here are kind of like emergency lights it's like red flashing with white strobes and stuff and then yeah it's like so to have someone on board who's willing to not even to play an instrument learn how to program because it's not like he knew how to do it he we gave him the dmx controller and he like had played the songs and and learned how to do it yeah Yeah. it's incredible Mm -hmm. actually that's i feel when you're even saying like stage presence i feel super super blessed to be in a band that 
they were already making music together and doing shows because I have been a lyricist and a vocalist pretty much my whole life and I've done things like chorus in school and plays and stuff like that so I have stage presence but I've never been in a band I've never had music put to my words and to know that I'm not just the person in front trying to draw energy from the people watch us but it's also them because they're like veterans. Like literally, yeah. I mean, I'm the baby, but it's not so much like an age uh, gap as far as it is experience. Like they've gigged, they've toured, they know their their wiring of their gear and everything. Like they'll never need a guitar tech because they are that guy. Yeah. So it's really, really cool that I get to Oh, what about that? It's like, oh, well, you have to play. Oh, okay. And like seeing that excitement, it kind of like definitely re- Refreshed us, I guess, and made us realize, like, man, this is fun, actually. Like, we had a blast in our days. Like, why did that have to stop? We yeah. got older, we just got to get lighter gear. And, like, instead of carrying 100 pound tube amps, we're going to go digital and have half the weight. It makes so, sense. So, but, we, oh, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, like, so that's kind of my take on what Britt was saying about age and veterans <laughs> i mean i hadn't even been doing it that long and like i felt myself getting jaded playing the same spots for two years so i'm going mm-hmm. on three years but one thing that refreshed it for me was getting to play out of town just seeing new places going to a walmart awesome. in tampa or fort myers is like fuck man we're out here you know what i'm saying we're yeah. doing something and the best part is you get strangers jamming out to your music and seeing that they're digging it and you're like yeah oh, man like people yeah. out there even liking us yeah like, you're like it's not just my friends are also my comrades and other bands like yeah <laughs> they actually like us <laughs> yeah 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 i mean uh another thing too is like you don't you don't realize how cool what you do is until you tell other people at your job like people who don't yeah. do what you do like when you talk to someone who from work they go home they chill with their dog or their kids and then they come to work the next morning you're like yeah i'm going to tampa this weekend to play a show they're like what yeah. like like you that's when you kind of clicks like huh i guess what i'm doing is fucking special yeah. I think the, the best reaction for me is when people are like oh so you do covers I'm like no, no. <laughs> That's original. So, and that's mean, always the hardest. You write your own music? Yes. yes. Seriously? Yes. yes. No, it's great. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great. It's to the point, like, people just don't understand it. We ended up having a show uh, in, it was the end of August, and my dad actually came, and he has never heard my music, ever. And... It was to the point, like, he came, some of my mom's friends came. Um, my, my birthday was actually really close to that show, so I was just inviting everybody. I'm, like, guilting yeah. them, like, this is my celebration. <laughs> like, you better come. And at the end of it, they're like, wow, yeah, your voice really fit with, like, the songs you chose. I was like, that's because I wrote them. <laughs> they're like, wait, this is your music? I'm like, yeah, what do, you, what do you think I've been, like, putting up and talking about for the past two years? <laughs> like, this They thought you were doing this, covers all the time? I guess. Or wow. they just don't understand what it is to be an original musician. Yeah. And it was just really mind-blowing to see that disconnect (laughs) yeah i mean i was lucky to come from a a family of musicians so my mom was always very supportive of like when i told her that i wanted to be a musician (laughs) i don't have any wood to knock on but someone owes somebody a soda (laughs) and um i don't know i was fortunate to have it like in the blood almost my grandfather was a recording engineer he played the he played every fucking instrument you could imagine saxophone trumpet clarinet like all that shit I i was blessed enough to have a musical family so my grandfather he was actually uh, man, he was the 
would be he was like the go-to man up in Chicago when they came from Colombia. Like they moved to Chicago, and he was the go-to guy for for parties, vocals. He was like a mariachi singer. He was also a wow. Motown singer. So they, he was just always partying, and that was the lifestyle that my my grandparents lived. That they were the the heart of the party. Wherever they went, they got fed, they got paid. They never had to do anything. That's amazing. And then my dad, my uncle, both play instruments. They play guitars, drums. I unfortunately didn't get the coordination to play drums, but <laughs> luckily I got at least the guitar. At least you played. By the way, your bass player is a sick drummer, right? Yeah, yeah, plays, Cody yeah he's Cody. a monster, man. I, he plays in State of Solitude, I think yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, man. I, Yo, that cat's a beast, man. Like I I've always, seen him play, and he amazes me every fucking time. I always tell people I play with one of the hands down, probably the best drummer in South Florida has yeah. to offer. Yeah, he's a monster. Like I get so jealous. Like, and then people look at our band, and they're like, "What are you doing on bass?" Yeah, but then he plays there too. Then he plays bass. Really good. Like, oh, yeah, there you do go. Anything. And then we're recording, and he's like, "Paul, you should play this," and he does this finger tap. So I'm like. Why? Like, why? You're making my job that much more harder now because. Like, honestly, if he could sing in my you're better octave, than me. He That's what I'm saying. I couldn't be the drummer. I couldn't be the drummer for you guys with him on bass, bro. I mean, you like, I don't, I don't want. Not? I don't want to lay down tracks and have them in like. Yeah, but you could do this little off tempo jazz beat with the ghost notes thrown in. It's like I can't though. I cannot. <laughs> yeah. I could not do Probably. that. Probably, but that's what I'm saying. Like he's so he's so crazy. Not only on a real kit. But also programming, like Dude. it sounds so real. And then he'll, well, here we are, we're playing live for several months now. And then he's just like, I'm just gonna change this. And like, a bad drum sounds coming from my mouth. <laughs> like, I don't know, super intense, crazy things, ghost notes everywhere, and like, yeah. I don't know, China's stuff. And then we like, have a. What? Like, how does your mind even work, man? I don't understand. He's a musical genius. We have a video on. On our Instagram page, yeah. of us recording him recording drum tracks and just seeing him on the keyboard doing these drum beats, and you see him like getting into it, and then he'll just have a tangent where he'll do this fill out of nowhere on the keyboard, and you're like, why? Yeah, because I, I can. Yeah. Like basically, here's how it goes. I am the person who excites and motivates, and he's the person who challenges. <laughs> and then, like, Gus and Paul are in the middle, like, dang it, Tony. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, you can do it! And then they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Looks like, looks like we're going to be super proggy in this breakdown because, you know, we were, we were basically told we are fully capable. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, um, I've had that same thing uh, with the singer of my band. Like, some of the, the, the stuff that we do is stuff that when i joined the band i didn't think i was capable of doing but it's good to have members of the band who push you to be better musicians like you're never done being like perfecting your craft i'm sure tony would agree that as good of a drummer as he is he's not the best he could be because there's no real best you could be you can always Mm -hmm. get better i think yeah Uh, someone who has a better chop than you yeah and not even that i just think there's always not even that someone's better than you i think there's always a technique that you could tighten up maybe something you haven't done in a while like Mm -hmm. i don't think you're ever going to be sharp around 100 percent. you know what i mean everything everything when you get into like i play in unoya that's it i probably maybe some of the things that are uh prevalent in like reggae drumming i wouldn't be too amazing at. but i don't know man there's so many fucking i don't know i think reggae is actually in like ska and shit like that to me or even southern rock when you have to play on the upbeat that always kind of tripped me out like i've I've always not been that great at that so Mm. i feel like there's always little things you can improve on like i I was always a self-taught drummer but i I, the way i taught myself was learning covers you kind of pick stuff up from different drummers Mm -hmm. you know what i mean you learn a nirvana song you're learning some dave uh 
Dave Grohl stuff, your, you know, stuff like Rather that. Rather than just learning the theory of it, you also have to put it into practice to actually get the feel of how to do it in time yeah. while listening to other musical parts. Yeah. Like if you were to just drum by yourself forever, then how would you be in fitting in with a band? You'd, right. you'd always, you know, even if you're playing on time with them, there's there's not that groove going on if you're not listening to everyone around you. No, I agree. Um, it's just one. I I do wish that I was a little bit more um, like I don't know better reading at like you know better with music theory in general. Like my yeah. Alex, the singer of Unoya, he is a beast. Like he 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 sits there and tracks the whole song by he'll compose the whole song. He plays cello, awesome. plays fucking everything under the sun. Plays guitar, bass, sings all that shit. He'll literally layer his vocals, do harmonies. And he'll record it, put the right reverb on it. Like he knows how to do all that shit. And like, I, I just I wish I was more. To do that. Respect, like, right? I, yeah, I totally respect. Like, I mean, multi instrumentalists and AV and everything that it's like. I I know my theory from being in chorus. Like we we had to. We did you know like all state and everything. Um, that's basically where you go into testing and performing and then you get picked to be the top hundred to go and perform um in tampa for the state or depending on what city you're in and so i I had to know my music theory but i just never took the time to actually sit and dedicate myself to learning an instrument so here i am looking at them like like they're beasts (laughs) because like like you know like I mean Gus. He plays he plays bass for State of Solitude. Mm-hmm. He's a crazy bassist, and then he's over here playing these awesome seven string rhythms and also doing some solos. So crazy! Like he sings great too. Yeah, I said it. He he's like he's like really embarrassed about it, but he sings great too. It's like all all the guys in, in my band. I mean Paul, you you play guitar, but you also play bass. You just haven't in a while, but you at least have in your life. Here I am. I'm like, yeah, um, I might have played bass for like one or two songs because people needed it. Yeah. And uh, I can play a melody on the keys with one hand, <laughs> but you know, I, I don't know chords like Which I can't do, so I respect her for that. <laughs> I I mean I could do things by ear and by theory, but I I've never actually learned an instrument. So I in a way as a singer it feels I haven't almost weird. <laughs> I haven't really? learned an instrument yet either. Yes, you Don't worry have. About it. Stop it. You're great. <laughs> um, but I, I haven't, like, it feels weird for people to just look at you and they think you're just a singer because yeah. they, they don't think of singers as musicians because we don't hold an instrument. So no, it's, your voice is a very it's you unique instrument. You're the instrument. <laughs> really though, no, no, for real. I mean, no, totally. Uh, it's crazy how you could train. You could train people how to sing. I mean, not everyone, yeah. but really, someone who's a good singer with lessons becomes an amazing singer. Yeah. It's just like practicing the guitar, like learning your chords or learning your scales. If you do that shit, you will become a better singer if you practice it. Yeah. singing you know what i mean practice the trade you get better at it if yeah. you sit on it you're either gonna plateau or you're just gonna suck like, <laughs> which i mean to me that makes that an instrument if you gotta practice to make it better i mean i, I, yeah, I always totally. joked about it like when they would be like yeah i play this and this and this and i'm like i play the vocal cords <laughs> you, you do though you like, do. <laughs> so um, but there's there there's a level of respect that i feel gets lost because people just think you're 
You, but they also also don't even think you like sing your own words. And I'm like, no, I I write yeah. the melody. I I write the lyrics. That <laughs> I actually me, can read music. <laughs> like, I find that so difficult, like writing a melody to sing along. Like when you have the the instrumental, and you have to sit there and write the melody. Like mm-hmm. how how am I going to sing this? That I always find very challenging. It it, it actually is, um, especially coming from never being in a band. I was a bedroom musician, basically, but like I would just sing and the music would be in my head and it would just never come to fruition. And it would just be lyrics on a page that only I knew what it sounded like Mm -hmm. because I was the person who sang it. Whereas having to write to music, because I'm so used to just coming up with melodies, I have to first listen to it, record myself like singing a little melody and then I have to listen to the melody I was singing because if not it's lost and then try to sing it in beat with words as well like adding things that fit rhythmically so even I'm still trying to find the better process because it's totally a different animal one of these days you guys should just write to something I've already written (laughs) back to your question another challenge lyrics yeah I mean I can't write lyrics for shit I feel like that's why a lot of these uh like non-clean bands i call them cookie monster singers yeah i feel like they just scream just to scream because they can't really come out with words words. (laughs) they'll just make up sounds and be like all right that sounds like a word cool they write melodies but no words we love you guys no i totally do i just always find it funny where i feel like that would be my way of writing lyrics Feel like uh i can't think of a word so i'll say here I'm just going to, like, write a cookie recipe in German or something. (laughs) Guys, do you like growl one or growl two? (laughs) Which one is better? I feel like it's like the eye doctor. Which one? One or two? I don't know if they sound the same. Yeah, I don't know, man. No, no, no. This is a pig squeal, and this is a gutter. It's like, shut up. Shut up. You're screaming. Shut up. This is vocal fry, and this is a lateral attack. (laughs) Who's getting attacked? You never know, but... um. Is there any gigs that you guys have coming up for you wrap this bitch up? Oh, man. Actually, we just ended up playing a full month in October. We don't have anything scheduled at the moment. Mm-hmm. We're totally open. Um, but, you know, holidays start rolling around. People start kind of taking a step back. Yeah. Um, so nothing scheduled now, but we are then putting into high gear to record. Uh, we just did, we did three shows this past month. So we did the awesome. local throwdown in Churchill's. Uh, we just last not last night days blur when you're a musician too because you're just tired um saturday Saturday, we had a gig at this place called game night so we we did a lot this month um so now it's just getting down to it so you guys have something to listen to (laughs) (laughs) all right that's sick uh as far as you know i don't have any gigs scheduled either uh any shout outs you guys want to give before we wrap up pretty much I think everybody in in the Miami scene, man, we are all yeah. supporting each other, and I love the fact that we're all each other's biggest fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that we can all hang right. out, do the local throwdown, and just be like, "Dude, yeah, that was awesome!" And then them kind of come back to you and I've say the exact same thing. I've never felt more like I belong to something than being around the bands and musicians and people who have been around and supporting because there's just that understanding that we're all in it together we're doing it for the art and we were probably the outcasts when we were kids because we to this day still are so to just everybody and you know i mean our our band jamina state of solitude die inside falsetta um, like just just all our bros like you guys rock <laughs> shout out to all of them um, shout out to Lou for yes. joining the, the, the throne nation out here I don't know uh, if you're listening to this I appreciate you uh, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram like us on Facebook all that shit 
Uh, make sure you check out Jamina on Facebook. You guys have an Instagram or yeah. Facebook? Yeah, we have yeah. we have both. Um, Facebook is, uh, you know, facebook.com slash Jamina Band. And then, <laughs> I know, right? That's so Jamina good. Band. You can't think of it any other way. So good. Um, and then our Instagram is at Jamina.band. Okay. Um, nice and easy. Yeah, exactly. Make sure you guys follow them for sure. And other than that, it's been a pleasure speaking to you guys. Oh, it's been totally fun. And um, if you guys uh, know any other bands that want to come interview, or if you, you know, y'all want to sponsor The Throne, y'all email us at thronejc at gmail.com. <laughs> other than that, fade us out. That's it. It's a wrap.